Do you have a kid in school right now? Or are they perhaps doing distance learning? Well, today's podcast is all about that. We're talking to my friend Andrea, who's actually a math teacher here in Fullerton, California. And I wanted her to shed some light on the challenges that teachers are facing right now during this back to school time during COVID. Uh, It's pretty interesting. There's a lot of stuff I had no idea that schools were doing for their students and that teachers have to do right now. So it's pretty interesting. This is the Little Bit Podcast. So it's funny, we're, we're sitting here in the studio and we're wearing our masks. So this is the first time we've done, or I've done a podcast with anybody in the studio. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Yay. I'm glad to be here. So masks, you know, speaking of masks, I guess we could talk, we're going to talk straight into the topic, which is school and distance learning and all of the things that teachers are dealing with right now. And I just want you to just jump right in, girl, just vent to <laughs> us because um, not only are you a math teacher, but you also teach... Um, not special ed, but like you were saying they were, I d- yeah, I do it is special ed, special education students that are part of their, they're mainstreamed into our gen ed classes. Okay. And are you doing online stuff and in person or just online only right now? We're just online only. We're going to be doing hybrid actually mm-hmm. pretty soon. We haven't gotten a specific date just yet, mm. but we've already started the protocols for that. We actually came out this last week. They came out with all of the, the it's called an MOU mm. for the teachers, um, mm-hmm. Memorandum of Understanding. Oh. And that basically is kind of laying out what those procedures are going to look like, what the safety protocols are. We actually just got an email about doing mandatory COVID testing this next week. So wow. everybody's, yeah, prepared to go back. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, as you were gearing up for this school year, obviously it was pushed back, right? You didn't have the, the normal start date? No, or? we we actually did. We had a normal start date. We got our, we had two days of teacher prep time like we have, we do every year. Mm-hmm. But we were informed, I mean, from, you know, from March that it was going to be distance learning to mm. start with at least. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been the hardest part about doing this? I mean, obviously, you're, you're, I would think you're doing more work. Oh, yeah. This is more work than we've ever done before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all the little things that you have every day that you don't think about that mm-hmm. you just, that just exist in your mm-hmm. classroom. You know, you pull out a worksheet, you go make photocopies, you, you print something for the students real fast. But now everything has to be scanned in and uploaded and mm. then put on the student's website. And then you've got to take a picture of your answer key and upload those things. So the prep mm-hmm. work is a lot more to make sure that the students have everything they need mm-hmm. and, you, you know, how they're opening up the documents so that they can submit a PDF back to you versus a JPEG back to you. And oh my it's goodness. all the technical side of things sure. that you don't really think about that are actually taking far more time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's taking a lot of time. The biggest thing for me is the connection with the students. Mm. You know, when you're in a classroom, you don't realize it as much how much you do you do genuinely just feed off of their energy and feed oh. off of their you know the way they are in class. So mm-hmm. to be looking at one inch little screens, you know, or pictures of them, oh it's a lot harder to have that connection. Mm-hmm. So trying really hard in our student support time to make one on one connections with them or to put them into Zoom breakout rooms to talk with them personally about things that are going on hmm. both academically and just also how they're doing, you know, in life in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. So it's yeah, the connection part is probably the thing I miss the most with mm-hmm. the students. But the prep is a lot more just as far as the technology is concerned. Wow. So, OK, 
what are you doing for students that, you know, maybe don't have access to the computers and the high-speed internet? Because I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. There is. And so what our district, we're in a very fortunate position. The district mm -hmm. gave every student a Chromebook. And that's actually been part of our education system for a while now. So wow. for a few years, every kid gets a Chromebook on day one. Mm -hmm. um, but what they didn't anticipate was how many kids go home and don't have Wi-Fi. Oh. So they, uh, during the pandemic, when it first started, back in March, the district purchased a few hundred uh, little hotspots. And they told the students, for those of you that don't have internet, please come by, pick one up. No And then you way. can have internet at home. Whoa. Yeah. So there's definitely been an investment in the technology for the students to mm -hmm. make sure that access is there. Because if, if they don't have the access, then there's absolutely no instruction happening. And how big, just so we, so our listeners have an understanding, how big is your school district? Like how big is a class, like a graduating class? Oh, well, so our school district actually has eight high schools in it. So I'm wow. part of, yes, it, it's big. We have 14,000 students altogether. Mm -hmm. We have six comprehensive high schools and then two, um, two non-comprehensive, so two mm -hmm. continuation schools. Mm -hmm. uh, the school that I'm at, so I'm at Troy High School, and we have just shy of like around 2,700 students. Mm -hmm. So the graduating class is typically around 700, six, 700. Usually. Wow. That's so pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Wow. Okay, cool. So... Of those kids, you know, you're you're also giving. Well, there's. I mean, that's more than, than probably hundred. They probably bought thousands of hotspots. They bought quite a few. I mean, fortunately, most of our students are already in a position that they had Wi-Fi at home. Mm -hmm. But I know that they did buy. I want to say it was close to about seven hundred. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. I always wonder about that because I know like a lot of people may or may not have the best connection because if you. Parts of like your where you live, especially where your school district is, is like in the hills and in mm -hmm. and in like parts where you might have crappy like phone connections and stuff yeah. like that. Wow, crazy, woo! Because <laughs> I know we had talked about this before, and that just, I mean, oh my gosh, just the the amount of prep work that you have to do, let alone grading, getting it back to them, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that students even want to show up. You know, and right. be there for class. I mean, are they just really good with coming up with excuses like, oh, I couldn't come today or. There will always be the, the students who have excuses, you know, oh, I, you know, my wife, I wasn't working this morning or and, and sometimes it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And other times you think, well, this seems to be, you know, kind of an interesting day to test day <laughs> or something uh... where there might be issues. But in general, I will say, at least at the high school I'm at, we are really blessed. The kids are incredibly motivated to be mm -hmm. there. Most of them always have their, you know, their cameras on so we can see them at least and try to make that connection. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's an incredible amount of work getting the stuff ready for them. I found that as a math teacher, the hardest thing is to give them feedback um, mm. because they'll submit their test to me and I can write directly on it. And I have a little rubric that I grade off of, but getting that back to each student, because that also means then literally taking a picture of every single one of my comments and sending and emailing that to them personally, because you can't just post that in the in the Google Classroom where everybody can oh, see it because those are private things about private their notes. assessments. Wow. And so it's just from the teacher side, it is when they say like, oh, well, can I see my test? Normally you would just hand it back to them and they would see all your comments. But now it's, no, I've got to take, pic you know, pictures of four different pages of things, put that into one document for you and email that to you specifically. And, mm. you know, I've, we sit here with about 180 students each. Mm -hmm. And so... You can imagine, even though I teach three different types of classes, mm -hmm. um, one of which is my AP statistics class, and I have three three classes of that. Wow. So it's a little over 100 students. And so when they take a test, that's 100 tests a grade. That's, you know, times however many problems are on it. Yeah. And so it, it does take quite a bit of time to grade. It takes quite a bit of time to give the feedback and then actually 
actually get it back to them personally. Wow. So there's a lot of arranging of office hours and setting aside like, hey, 10 minutes for this group to come in so we can talk just about their test. Mm -hmm. But that does take away, obviously, from the time for other students to pop in and just ask questions. So it's a lot of figuring out time management that we don't normally have to figure out because sure. normally they would just come in at lunch, mm -hmm. see you, you'd give them back the test, go, you know, talk to them about it in the corner and, and be on your merry way. But now because everything is digital, you have to limit how many kids are in the Zoom room, essentially. I see. And then who can actually hear that conversation. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's just insane. So uh, we also talked about how everybody's kind of on the same level. Um, all over the world, you know, we've got kids who aren't, you know, you know, they're none of them have really started their curriculum at the same time or, you know, but you had mentioned something specifically that I thought was interesting where you you have your lesson plan ready for this year, but they've not gotten to that point because they didn't finish on time and they just they aren't ready for that next curriculum. So how far behind are our our students in general, would you say? So oh, that's a tough question because they're coming from so many different places. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like my AP statistics students are coming from algebra two. They can be coming from pre-calculus, from calc AB, calc BC. So they're coming from multiple levels and mm. multiple teachers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can say what has happened at our school and I can talk to those teachers and figure out, you know, how much curriculum was finished. Did, did they dive in deep enough that, you know, or as deep as they normally do. Mm -hmm. But for, you know, for my other students, my freshmen who are coming from, over 40 different junior highs, wow. there's no way to find out what it is they covered. So you start testing them and you start figuring out, oh, okay, so that topic we need to go back over. Oh, <laughs> and we need really? to kind of backfill that. Or there's a lot of, um, you know, like for my Algebra 2 students, I make my own personal videos for them. And then if I find out, wow, you your teacher clearly didn't cover this, you guys didn't get to it for whatever reason, understandably, you know, schools went out in March and not everybody had access to Wi-Fi. Not everybody had access to a computer. And so, so you're filling in these gaps for students and finding little video tutorials and you're trying to, you know, find Khan Academy videos or <laughs> YouTube videos for students, you know, to make sure that that they're being able to fill in those gaps and to to kind of get them get them up to speed basically as quickly as you can and so normally you know during the the typical school year they would come in you'd work out problems on the board together you would talk about it and now there's as far as time goes for me i'm researching a ton of videos to figure out like what video can i send out to all the students to really help them with whatever that topic is oh, okay. and, and get those gaps filled man see that yeah. that freaks me out because it's just like yeah i mean 40 different middle schools mm-hmm that's nutty. And you yeah. probably don't know all those teachers. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, we know the teachers from our immediate feeder school, the one that's right down the street. Mm -hmm. But at our school, we have a lot of students who also test in. So it's a, it is a public uh, school, but it's also a magnet school. So everybody that lives in the area can go to the school with no problem. Mm -hmm. And then students that are outside of our district can test in. Mm. So we also have kids that are coming from not only different cities, different counties. I mean, we've got kids coming from L.A. County, San Bernardino no County, Riverside way. County. So they get driven there every day? They, well, they would Yeah, they would. <laughs> no yeah, way. It's, which is impressive. Their dedication mm -hmm. to the education and to what our, our school provides is mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm. Um, but it also does then have its limitations as far mm. as knowing what exactly they're coming with. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, you sound like you're doing a really great job. So good. Good job. Trying, trying, <laughs> trying to maintain the energy and the excitement. You know, it, it is so different to be talking to a screen instead of my actual, you know, normal 38 students that I have mm -hmm. in a class. And 
And so that's been that's been a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We're going to, once we start on hybrid, we have three different cohorts. So cohorts A and B will basically alternate days. Mm-hmm. And then cohort C stays home the whole time. Mm-hmm. So they will still be watching from home. We'll be live streaming, essentially, our, our classes or still doing video lectures. Every teacher, you know, has their own method for it. So that was the one thing. I have a, a, a girlfriend of mine who is a young, she, her, her children are both very young, like preschool and maybe mm-hmm. first grade. And that was her main complaint. She goes, I've had to, you know, move mountains just to get childcare and my schedule in line with this two hours of school every other day, random mm-hmm. thing. What do you think is the reasoning behind that? And why is it some people get to go, some people don't? Why is it two days on, one day off? Like, why can't it be a little more simplified? Like, what do you think they're doing with that schedule? So the biggest thing is, are the safety concerns. Okay. And so... You know, when our classes normally have 38 bodies in them, but now we have to accommodate every student having six feet of distance. Mm. Well, now all of a sudden it can can accommodate maybe no more than 13 to 18, kind of depending on your classroom size. Sure. And so what they've they've had to ask the parents is basically, one, do you want your child on campus or don't you? Okay. Because we're still giving the option, obviously, of live streaming and for them to access the curriculum and access the education. Mm -hmm. And so some parents are saying, yeah, we don't... it's not worth it whether to drive in safety protocol wise, their own schedules, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they can choose to stay on cohort C. And then for the other students, they're being split into two groups, mainly because we can't have that many kids on campus at the same time. We cannot, mm-hmm. we cannot physically accommodate them okay. and still maintain all of the safety protocols. And the social protocols. distancing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's why you have to have a smaller group. Do you have a morning and an afternoon on campus group or just one group a day? No, on it's campus? just one group. Cause we've got high school. So with high school students, they've got, you know, six to eight teachers, depending on their schedule. Mm -hmm. And so they're rotating every hour, which we just found out will be about every 48 minutes, actually, with the new with the new schedule. Okay, because we've had to also increase the passing periods because now we have one directional hallways. No way. Yeah. So there's just so many things safety wise that are having to go on, which also means with one directional hallways to keep the flow of traffic going and so that kids are not interacting as much. And mm, that must be hard. You know, so yeah, their normal route to go to a certain class now is going to be three times longer because they have to go around the building. So we've oh had to increase goodness. passing periods, which then impacts obviously our class time. And it oh. also, we need time for to be able to wipe down all the desks after every kid leaves. That's true. And so, so you have to do your own cleaning. Yeah. So do you have, feel more at risk as a teacher? Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely I mean? being exposed to more students where I know there are a lot of safety protocols that are being put in place. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to wear masks, maintain distance. We've got hand sanitizer, wiping down the desks. Mm. There's a lot going on, but there is always that risk. You, you, we've had plenty of kids that are asymptomatic that test positive and Oh, really? And so, you know, you hear about wow. all this stuff that's going on in the news and we've, you know, received different things that are happening within the county about kids contracting it. And so, mm-hmm. it does make you nervous as as an educator or somebody who's I mean, I'm, I'm still fairly young, but yes. you're very young, you're healthy, <laughs> I'm young and healthy, you know, but we do have teachers who are elderly. We, we have teachers who are over 60. We have immunocompromised people. We have people who are pregnant. We have, you know, oh my you have all these other things that are happening in our very adult lives mm-hmm. that people are concerned about mm-hmm. being, you know, it's not like, it's not like elementary school where the kids stay with the teacher for that whole day. Sure. We, we see a different group of students every 48 minutes. And so the kids are moving, they come into contact with each other. It's just a lot more exposure. Wow. Um, so trying to make sure that all of the safety measures are being maintained. Wow. I mean, whew, that is just so much to even wrap my head around. Just like even the, the traveling around the school, like, wow, they really thought of everything. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, drinking fountains are now solely going to be, um, you can fill up your water bottle. Like they That's have the, it. Yeah, yeah, but no more drinking fountains. What about like cafeteria stuff? Like how does that work? So we actually changed our whole, whole schedule. So the students will go um, periods 0, 1, 2, 3, have mm-hmm. a break, 4, 5, 6, and then they leave campus for lunch. They're done. They're done. There's They're done. no cafeteria. The kids, so kids can pick up something, but then they have to leave. So we do have a cafeteria oh. because we have students that are, um, it's called free and reduced lunch. Uh-huh. And it's something that the whole state does. Every school site has to do it. And so mm-hmm. for students who are in need, socioeconomic status reasons, whatever that mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. the school does provide l- meals for them. Mm. So their meal will be provided, ready to go. I'm assuming like a little, a little, sack, yeah, a little brown paper brown bag paper or bag, something. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a, it, and we're calling it grab and go lunch. No way. And all the other kids will get picked up and go home for the day. So not no more like hot food, get your tray, scoop it on there. I mean, it's not like it probably isn't even like that anymore anyways, No, right? it's not. I was going to yeah, say. Times like, have changed yeah. since we were in school. I miss the school lunches. I know. I will say my high school had the best breakfast burritos. Oh, oh my, my goodness. gosh. <laughs> I do miss those. I miss like, I, I miss the spaghetti and meat sauce. Like, like the legit hot roll. You get your thing of milk. You have a little salad. It was like so good. The food was so yeah. good. And my neighbor lady was a lunch lady, so she'd bring some home, mm-hmm. and we'd eat it, like, out of school. It was just, like, such good food. And, yeah. Yeah, it's not like that anymore, I guess. I mean, I went to a a school. I don't know how you would – what do you call it? It's not like a – it's open campus. Like, there's built separate buildings, and it's all open air. You don't have, like, a in a school that's all compacted like my mm-hmm. high school was. It's just, you know, there's a building over there, and you got to walk all the way across. Almost yeah. like a college campus. Yeah. Um, but we went to the through the cafeteria and it was literally like bag of chips, you know, everything was wrapped up and this was like before COVID. So that's just Yeah, crazy. most of the high school I mean, at least at our high school it's always been yeah, they they can get their little chicken sandwich or whatever it is, but everything mm-hmm. is pre packaged and yeah, ready to go. It's already separated <sighs> essentially. That's crazy. Well, what would you say what would be some advice just to close it up? What would be some advice that you would give like a student or a teacher or a, a parent, like what do you just want to say to help so that people can help you out? Cause you need some help. You need some support. <laughs> support <laughs> is always good. Um, <laughs> understand that your teachers are doing everything and then some that they can to make this the best experience possible mm-hmm. um, for the students and parents out there. Communicate, mm. communicate when you need something, communicate when you need help, reach out to your teachers, say something. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we do see you. We, we see little one inch pictures of you, but a one inch picture is really hard to see whether or not your eyes are telling me that you do or don't understand something. So You truly do need to say something, utilize your teacher's student support time or tutoring time, anything like that Mm. to to really help, you know, keep everybody on track. And and if you're struggling with anything personal or academic, to just let people know and and be communicative, because if we don't know, we can't do anything about it. Well, thank you so much. This was really very informative. I really appreciate it. Thank Thank you you. so much. (laughs) If you have any questions or comments, head over to the blog, www.thelittlebitpodcast.com and leave me your comments and your stories. Teacher, parent, I'd love to hear from you. The Little Bit Podcast is produced and recorded by me, Joni Sprague in Orange County, California. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Go ahead and give it five stars right now because it helps other people to find it. Go to patreon.com slash the little bit podcast so you can support this podcast. Even with $2 a month, every little bit helps. We'll be back soon with a new episode.